And I'm Erin. And this is Somebody's Somebody's Gotta Know, a podcast where we have questions. And somebody's gotta have answers. Okay. I should add, at least for the first two podcasts, it's us who have the answers. We we have the answers. Um, I also want to caveat, I don't know if I sound weird right now. Do I sound weird right now, Aaron Bennett? To me, you do not. But it's also been a day, and I've just gotten used to whatever you sound like today. We've been, so right now it is... 4 p.m. We've been together since 11 a.m. Um, and I have a pretty severe cold. This is Hannah. So if if whatever I'm saying sounds funny, I did COVID test. I am not COVID positive. Everything's fine there. But uh, this is not how I'll sound every week. And it's going to get worse throughout the podcast. The more I talk, the worse it gets. Well, so. remember, I'm today I am providing the true or false um, right. fun Aaron's facts. So I'm, this episode. I'm doing most of the talking. You have to do the guessing, which okay. I guess theoretically you, you could, uh, you could talk as much as you want. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have lots of feedback for you. Okay. We'll do that <laughs> feedback at the end so I can cut it if I want. Um, but we yeah. just today, so the day that we're recording this, we just published our first episode. That's super exciting. Woohoo! Very nerve wracking. There's a episodes. lot of steps. Um, oh my gosh, if anyone has questions about how to publish a podcast on Spotify, message us, I will tell you. We have all the steps now. <laughs> how to pass through all six circles, <laughs> solve the riddle, answer the question, talk to the gnome under the bridge, get your podcast published. Like, we got it. We got it. Um, <laughs> so that is out in the world. So if you're listening to this, if this is your first episode, what are you doing? There's one before this. Go back. Go back! If this is your second time listening to us, thank you. Welcome. We're going to publish this at the same time next week on Thursday. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. I'm also excited we're publishing on Thursdays. You know, make Thursdays fun. It's like the pre-pre-weekend. Yeah. Fun yeah, thing. it's it's like, you know, there's Christmas Eve Eve. This is Weekend Eve Eve. Yeah, that's what we should have named the podcast. Weekend we- Eve Eve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scratch somebody. Scratch all the work you did on the logo. <laughs> Everything out, logo out, <laughs> intro out, new idea. New idea, totally. Yeah, that'll be... No, whatever. Anyway. Okay. So, Aaron's running our episode this week. I also just realized sipping tea is probably noisy. So, everyone, if you haven't already, pour yourself a drink, make yourself a cup of tea, also sip with us. Yeah, please. That should be, like, our, our hashtag. Please sip with us. Please sip with us on um, your weekend eve eve. When you're of age, Thursday, Thursday... What did I just say? When you're of age, thirsty Thursday. <laughs> but I think I said Thursday. Thursday. That's why we Thursday. call it Thursday. Yeah. Um, is you know as soon as whatever country you're in, I'm gonna I'm planning to go international here. I want to be big. You know, go big or go home. Let's be ambitious. You know, we're women with goals. We're um, women with two grad students who have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. We're looking for the answers. That's what this is all about. Yeah. Do you you need lumbar support? I wasn't using that pillow. You can have it. But you have that other bigger pillow if you need lumbar support. Or I'll roll up this blanket There's so many pillows to the left of me, my friends. Um, Okay, so should we get into it? I think we should. I think we should just start rolling. I've got a lot of facts. I've got a lot of um, information to digest here. I feel like once we get used to the podcast format and the... Like, I feel like this week we're making more eye contact than last week when you were talking to the computer. So I feel like as we get into this, there's going to be more rambling at the beginning, which I think will be helpful. But for the second episode, four minutes of of chatting and let's get into it. Snappy, snappy. I'm happy. Snappy, snappy. I am happy. (laughs) All right, folks. Here's the next thing. We get into true or false fun facts. Um, I'm going to go through five uh, facts with supplemental information on each. And Hannah is going to guess true or false. Um, and I'm guessing, just to clarify, if the whole fact is true or false, not if, like, parts of it are, correct? I structured it slightly differently than you did. Oh, no. Um, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's essentially the same, but just in terms of presentation for the kinds of facts that I picked, because there are some wishy-washy elements. But I'm going to make a statement mm-hmm. that kind of encompasses the fact that I'm talking about. I'm going to say, is this statement true or false? Okay. You're allowed to ask questions first. Okay, questions first. You're allowed to ask questions to support whether you select true or false. And I will provide the answers as best I can. 
Um, and then depending on whichever you pick, I'll then explain why it is true or false. I think once I say it, you'll realize okay. it is simpler. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Um, Let's dive right in. Okay, so I chose the facts to talk about based on a few things. One, just interests or things that happen to me during the week. But mm-hmm. the first couple actually have to do with things that we talked about in our last episode. Oh, no. Um, well, I was going to... Last week, I thought about starting this episode with corrections. Like, things that I said while we were chatting that weren't correct. Like Can I, I tell you that I have no memory of the last episode, and when I listen to it, it's going to be the first time I've ever heard it. Well, that's amazing, and I'm very happy for you <laughs> that you have that experience. As soon as we ended the podcast, I, like... Stayed up that night and I was like, this is everything that I said about history that was incorrect in the last podcast and someone somewhere is judging me for all of the things that I said No one had even heard it at that point. I know, it wasn't, it was just... No one has even heard it at this point. I know, but maybe someone will listen to it. In any case, um, that's what inspired some of these, these facts. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, are you ready? Yep. First true or false question. The Renaissance began in the year 1300. This was still during the Middle Ages. Okay, so this is this is on the understanding that I did not pay attention to a single history class between kindergarten and senior year of college. That's um, why we're here to learn. So, I'm trying to think of follow-up. So, when did the Middle Ages fall? What were the years of the Middle Ages? The Middle Ages... Hold on, let me scroll through my notes. The Middle Ages, or the medieval period in the history of Europe. We're talking... I should specify this calendar refers specifically to Western Europe. Eastern Europe had its own kind of rise and There's fall. Western and Eastern Europe? Yes. Girlfriend. It's just... The Western Europe is what you think when we say Europe today. Um, What's Eastern Europe? Eastern Europe includes... Like Russia? Russia... Oh, Russia, no. Turkey. You picked things way out. Like, I, get, I told you narwhals were unicorns, and you're going Middle Ages on me? I am going Middle Ages on you. Listen, the Middle Ages, or the medieval period in the history of Europe, okay. um, lasted approximately from the year 400 to the year 1400. And you said that what started in the year 1300? The Renaissance. The Renaissance. Which come... And I do feel like the Renaissance started during the Middle Ages. I feel like the Renaissance was the end of it, and that, like... I'm going to let trickle to down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of another follow-up question. Um, how would you define Renaissance? So. I like that you have these answers ready. The Renaissance. Well, I was very interested in this myself. Because I made a statement in our last podcast. You referred to the people grinding up dead bodies and using yeah. the cadaver dust yeah, yeah, yeah. as medicinal... Cannibalism. 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 Cannibalism in a very, like, refined, like, hashtag this is healthy way. Yeah. Um, like a keto diet. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the keto diet. <laughs> so I ca- said the medieval... I said I can believe the medievalists would have done that. But then as soon as I said it, I was like, girl, no. That was clearly square in the Renaissance. Like, you were talking about, like, between 1400 and 1600. So I need you to know that when you said that, I was like, yeah, whatever Aaron says about medieval, that's true. I know, I know. I I have no knowledge of history I, or timelines. But I said it so confidently, and then to and that's why I so, believe you. I was so wrong. Well, no. uh, to each their own. So the Renaissance. Wait. So I I'm voting. Tr- oh, no, I asked you for a definition. That's what's happening. You asked me for the definition of the Renaissance. Oh, the Renaissance. Okay. So the Renaissance is considered uh, like the Enlightenment. It was when people kind of rediscovered uh, Greece and Rome, and they discovered painters and perspective in painting and um, literature. People were interested in, like, learning to read again, like, learning history. The Middle Ages, everyone was just like, you're on your own, try and live through the plague, good luck, no books, no art, whatever, unless you were rich, obviously. Can you read your fact again? The Renaissance began in the 1300s while the Middle Ages was still going on. So I'm going to go with true. You are correct. Hey! Um, so I actually... Context clues, my guy. When The first time that I read someone claiming the Renaissance began in 1300, I thought they were incorrect. But it is true that the Renaissance... It, the ideas of the Renaissance started in the 1300, but technically mm. 
the Middle Ages or the late medieval period didn't end until 1400. So there was like this. So there was overlap. There was this wishy-washy. But I do feel like hundred-year period. From what I've learned about history, is there's always a wishy-washy hundred-year period between timelines. Well, this is what. So I can see why you think that now about like our modern age, like everything's kind of gradual. But between antiquity and the medieval ages, it was quite severe. Like the Roman Empire came, got really big, ruled everything, was like, bam, we're in charge. Rome fell, and then society just, like, collapsed in, like, a period of 15 years. And it went from, in the year 395 AD, Rome fell, and then, I know, it was, like, five years, and then all of a sudden it was, like, the world is darkness, we're all divided, there's no leader, colony, not colonies, tribes, groups Mm -hmm. are fighting, um... No divisions between countries. It was, like, war, plague, disease. It was chaos. Chaos. We literally forgot, like, how to draw. Like, when you look at pictures, like, you look at... Doesn't make sense. Well, you look at antiquity, right? We had all these beautiful sculptures. Like, they were anatomically correct. We, like, understood how the body looked, how muscles worked. We understood perspective, blah, blah, blah. In the Middle Ages, do you know, like, medieval manuscripts and stuff? Like, it's flat. Okay. Have you ever seen those pictures of medieval cats... I have to show it to you some other time, but... Um, just, I feel like already, between last episode and this episode, this is playing to what we studied in God. <laughs> They're like, medieval cats? No. They just drew them with human faces. I'll show you later. Tw- oh, I have seen that. I was gonna say, Twitter I didn't know that's what it was. Yes, or like horses. They're like, they didn't know how to draw a horse from the front. Okay, because they had never seen one, or they just couldn't. I don't know. The Greeks could. The their Greeks their could brain draw. stopped oh. working. I, I understand that. My brain stops working on the daily. Here, you have to understand that people literally. There was a time when like the majority of society was literate and could read, and then just could not. Like the Middle Ages, people could not read. Doesn't make sense to me. Well, the alphabet changed. It was lost. Education stopped. Like. Okay, I mean, privilege, Hannah. Come on, you weren't born in the Middle Ages. It doesn't make <laughs> You're sense very to you. lucky you were not born in the Middle Ages. We have water and sanitation and toilets. Okay. And top okay. of public education. Okay. Um, so, next. Oh, sorry, continue. Not Let's next. see, anything else interesting? Right, so then the Renaissance was kind of a slow sort of rediscovery of all of these, all of these things from, um, you know, Greece and Rome. Uh, the caveat here is that other cultures elsewhere, uh, this is specific to Europe, like very, the Byzantine Empire in the East had this whole separate history in the West, in Africa, um, Southwest, they're having their own experience, um, which is, they have their own timeline and history in terms of like. And this is Western Europe that this we're is, about? This is specifically Western Europe. This is like France, Germany, Europe, Hungary. Like modern day Italy. Europe, yeah, like what we think of as modern day Europe. That okay. That they were just a mess. They were just a disaster. I get it. And then the Renaissance came, and then they were like, "Excuse me, the big boys again." And you know, then they decided to like colonize the world, and we were like, "Whoa, okay, slow down there." They didn't. Okay. Anyway, um, but they didn't slow down, but that's why we exist. It is interesting, but art in the printing press are cool, so I'm glad we have those. Oh, excuse me. All right. Fact number two also has to do with the ramble I went on in the first episode. Okay, ready. So, here's the fact. Mm-hmm. The United States government has a department dedicated to protecting the United States from alien invasions. I don't even have any follow-up questions. That's true. Actually, technically, it's false. What? We have a department... I'm... No, I'm sorry. Before you continue... Our government is not believing in or worried about aliens because I do believe in and worry about aliens. I know this. I know this. Well, listen to this. So I read a lot about this because I, this is another one. I thought they absolutely do. This is false. It's false. I'm uh, concerned more than I was prior. Listen, listen. In June of 2021, the United States government released the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Report. UFO. Short, no, it's UAP report, but Mm. it means the same thing. UFO. UFO. And it was created by a department called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, Mm -hmm. um, which was replaced by the United Aerial Phenomena Task Force. Same difference. Um, 
And so on June 25th, 2021, they released this nine-page statement, and everyone kind of knew it was coming up. We got all really excited. We were like, oh, my God, this is it. The government's going to tell us that UFOs are real. Um, and there was definitely some confusion. Like, some people totally thought, like, they didn't, they clearly didn't actually read it. They just thought, like, this has to be what this document says. Um, and uh, what the document actually says is that the government does see things come across the sky that they don't know what they are. There's, like... UFOs. But the United States government essentially has said are, like, what was it? Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. They're, like, if it's not the Chinese or the Russians or someone who's explicitly another country who's, like, an economical um, force against us, uh, we don't care. I'm going to beat everybody in our government up. So I'm gonna put them in a fist fight with me, and I'm gonna win. They could, they could honestly be lying. However, so oh, would they lie? So there are people in the navy and in the army who are watching cameras all the time, looking for these things. Who are these people? I'm mad at them. So in 2016, there was a video. I don't know if you remember this. It was like released for everyone to see. It was yeah. like two guys in the army watching their little video, and the video is them like freaking out as these two things move across the sky. Okay unidentified, no, they didn't know what it was. Um, they, like, wanted people to look into it, the whole world. The New York Times did an article on it that was, like, our aliens coming to the planet, all this stuff. President Barack Obama was like, we have no way to know what they are. He made a press statement and everything. Um, and at the end of it, the government was like, yeah, they, it's not nuclear bombs, and it's not Russian, so. We don't care. We don't care. We hate everybody else. We don't care. Isn't that we so... We want to fight Hannah O'Connell. We want to fight Hannah O'Connell. Do you remember... This isn't explicitly related, and I'm sure it's, like, tied in, but do you remember the raid on Area 51? Yeah, I do, because I follow people on TikTok who went there. Yeah, yeah. And we're all dressed up and ready to yeah. go in. Yeah, Oh, I wanted to do that so badly. So Area 51 is slightly different because that's his whole thing. And they well, that's Area 51, like, exists, like, explicitly exists, but not for what people think that it exists for. Right, exactly. So it's kind of a similar deal with these papers. People were like, oh, this is going to be Excuse the me. thing saying the U.S. government has seen things that have to be alien spaceships, and the government was like, it's probably space junk. We're not spending time on this. Like, however... I would trust our government more than any other government in the world to see aliens and cover it up. But I also think, on the same vein, that, like, Americans thinking that aliens exist and Americans are the only ones who know about it is very narcissistic. Yeah. And I think American... America as a whole is very narcissistic. Like, you think about your toxic, narcissistic relative, that's America and and relevance to the world. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it's if, all... if aliens made contact with us, they would have made contact with Russia, with China, with England, with other... Australia, with other big countries. Yeah. Maybe not England. But... <laughs> well, England's pretty small. I'm sure from up in space, they're like, that place can't possibly be that important. But to <laughs> us it is. I don't know. Well, they think they're important. Um, the, the queen is important. She's literally... I mean, she has a lot of money. She just is so old. She's... Isn't she isn't she on retirement? Haven't you heard that? She's like going on she's resting until February. Or she's not making any public oh, appearances yeah, yeah, until yeah, I did February. Hear that. Well she's like well into her eighties, so like same girl. I wouldn't want to work well into my eighties just because it was my responsibility as a human being. Like fuck that. I mean I would have a fun time just going to fancy parties and wearing fun hats. But at some point do you think that would get old? All that makeup, all those hats, all the hair curlers. Yeah, that's fair. People looking at you. But she probably gets to go to a spa right after every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I think that the, like, like, even, like, if you look at movies, the conspiracy theory movies, the view Mm -hmm. that, like, aliens come to the United States of America is very narcissistic of us and not realistic because Russia's bigger. Yeah. Russia spans two continents. It's Asia and Europe. I was going to be gonna say to be fair if you were like had a ginormous humongous ship and you were trying to land it on this little planet and you were looking for the biggest safest most plausible piece of land to put your ginormous spaceship yeah it would be russia um i will say and why do aliens know how to speak english because they wouldn't oh 
Listen, listen, listen. All right. So, I, sorry, I'm listening. I, I know you're. You are listening. Um, movie recommendation. If anyone has ever heard of the movie Arrival, it's a great. It's a movie that deals with this in a great way. So they literally show the, the aliens divide themselves up and they divide mm-hmm. up their spaceship and mm-hmm. they land in all these different places around the world. And um, I don't want to spoil it, though. It's one of those movies where as soon as you talk about okay, the more yeah. you learn about the aliens. Is it on what streaming service? Any of them? Oh, gosh. I or is it like know. an old VHS that your dad owns? No, no, no. This is like spacey Western movies. No, no. This movie came out in like 2016. It has okay. um, Amy Adams and... What is it? Arrival? It's called Arrival. It's very good. My family watched it recently, and it actually comes into play in my last fact. Oh, okay. Can't wait. So, okay, this last, so the first one was true, the second one was not true, and you fooled me. I fooled you. And I'm mad about it. Okay, you fooled me with, like, all of yours and last time. And we discussed time. that you weren't going to be able to fool me, so, pissed. Sorry. What's your third fact? Oh, this also has to do with something we talked about last time. Remember we talked about the Easter Island heads? Yeah, that have whole bodies underneath them? Yeah, which I was very surprised and kind of upset that that wasn't, like, common knowledge that I learned about because that's so cool and so when I realized that's a cool thing I didn't know about I was like I'm gonna do more research on this island mm-hmm. um so here is the statement for you to decide if it is true or false okay all right Easter Island or Rapa Nui uh is considered the most remote inhabited island in the world so now I get to ask follow-up questions correct um, aren't all islands remote? Like, how would you define that it's the most remote? Like, farthest away from any other... So, how far away is it from its nearest landmass? I do have that written down. Hold Great. On. I hope that you would. Uh, the nearest inhabited land is Pitcairn Island, which is about... 2,075 or 1,289 miles away. The nearest town with a population over 500 is Rikitia on the island of Mangareva, um, which is about 1,600 miles away. Okay. I have to think, oh, the only thing between so them the is mo- the ocean. Yeah, it's the most remote island. Um, what country is it closest to? Do you know? Like, what, like, is it off the African coast, off the South American coast, off of, like... The nearest continental point lies in central Chile. So South America? Yeah, South America. Chile is the closest um, continent, um, or point I'm going to go... Continent. Based on also your statement of, like, why isn't this more common knowledge, I'm going to go with it's not easily accessible, which makes me think that that fact is true. It is the most remote. It's not true? It's false. What? It's it's very close. It's one of the most remote. But the oh, mo- rude. Sorry. The most remote. You were so proud of yourself. I was, so, I was so proud of myself. The most remote island is actually called Tristan de Cunha, and it is... The most remote inhabited, and granted, there are islands around the world that don't have anyone on them that are far... Don't count. Right. We're talking about ones where people actually live. And it is the most remote inhabited archipelago in the world, lying approximately uh, 1,732 miles off the coast of Cape Town in South Africa. Okay. So it's almost 2,000 miles away from... From its nearest... And it... Other humans... Okay. Um, That's crazy. And there's people on it. People. Like, significant amount of people. I mean, on Easter Island, there is about 8,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have how many are on Tristan de Cunha, but if I remember correctly, it's pretty comparable. It's like, it was probably like Sorry, five to 7,000 people, um, which actually is still pretty small compared to any other place a person mm-hmm. might live. Um, but yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I am going to, um, because was that the end of that fact? End of that fact. Okay. So I'm going to pause us. Um, I'm going to literally hit stop on the computer. I think that we should take a break because I have to go to the bathroom and we're about halfway through this episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. It'll be a couple seconds for you guys. 10 minutes for us. (laughs) 
three mini Reese's. I took a poop. Um, so it was a great time. This is the kind of content that you can expect from us in the near future. Yeah. How to spend a spare five minutes of your life. Poop it out. Or have some candy. You deserve it. Um, you said you had a thought. I did. Well, because I realized in the last fact I was giving out kind of these abstract numbers, which I know are hard to visualize. Yeah. Um, so... That's why I started with true or false. For reference, I think the best way to say it is like the island of... Uh, the Easter Island or Rapa Nui um, or... Oop, I don't want to pronounce it incorrectly or say the t- totally wrong thing. Um, this, the most remote inhabited island off of um, Cape Town, Tristan da Cunha, um, are approximately, their population size is approximately the size of like a small liberal arts college. What, so what was the number of their population size? So... Like Easter Island versus the one off Cape Town. Easter Island has a population 7,750 people. That's more people than went to our small liberal arts college. Well, because you're thinking of, well, if you include, like, all the professors, all the staff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of students. Right. You're, that's what I mean. You're just thinking of students. But you think of all the people. Yeah. Uh, granted, Kobe Sawyer was, like, especially small. I was thinking, <laughs> so Kobe small. Sawyer was, like, tiny. I'm thinking more, like, Dartmouth than Oh, uh, that's not a, that's a, that's an Ivy League school. It's an, but it's a small. That's not a small liberal arts college. It's an Ivy League college, bitch. But it's in liberal arts. It's the what? same style. They also do, like, doctor's degrees and lawyer's degrees and nursing. And... All right. So how about we say it this way? You can't You can't compare Dartmouth to Colby Sawyer. But you listen. Can. Listen to me. Okay. Colby Sawyer is... Pretty much everything in Colby Sawyer is, like, exactly half. There are doctoral students in Colby Sawyer. They're just, like... They're getting their degrees elsewhere, but they're, like, working or they do internships or teaching Yeah, but they're not getting credits. their doctorate degree through Colby Sawyer. There can yeah. be, like... Medical doctors graduate with their MED from... Yes, there is a medical school at Dartmouth. But, but listen to me, listen to me. So, Easter Island, the population of about, like, practically 8,000 people. That's kind of Dartmouth-y size. Dartmouth has about 2,000 undergraduates. Mm-hmm. And they're, but their graduate schools are pretty small. Like, my program only has, like, barely 100 people in it. <clears throat> Sorry. Your program because you go to Dartmouth. That's a yes. graduate student. Yes. I just okay. want to emphasize that. You I don't emphasize. Bitch. Don't emphasize it too much. Okay. Can we just specify? I also work there, <laughs> so it's much cheaper. <laughs> I just want to clarify that, like, it was a different experience. Okay, whatever. You bougie bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, sorry. I just wanted to give people a visual here. This is <laughs> not raining on your entire parade. I just. It was the only reference I had for this number of people. Okay, okay, sorry. If So just imagine everyone who works and goes to school at Dartmouth, mm-hmm. but put them on a tiny island in the middle of Oceania. And that's Easter Island. Yeah. Okay. Which, come on, you have to think, though, compared... That's not very many people. Yeah. No. But then Tristan da Cunha, the actual most remote inhabited archipelago in the world... Um, oh, who am I kidding? I didn't write down exactly how many people... In my imagination, that would be like if Kobe Sawyer was on a little island. In okay. Middle Can I tell you they've the always said archipelago? Art. What? You said arch? Archipelago? Archipelago? Isn't it? Isn't it a C-H? Sorry, I'm having one of those. Archipelago. But yeah. that's not how you say it, though. You say No, but I didn't know that. I only ever read it. And in my mind, C-H makes such sound. Pause. This is relevant to the season. Have you, have you ever seen... Um, Rudolph's Happy New Year? Yep. You know how they have to save Baby New Year? Yeah. And he goes to the archipelago of mm-hmm. Lost Days? Sure. Didn't ever see it written out. That's how they say it, though. Heard. Going to the archipelago. Sure. Saw them say it, never saw them write it. Saw it written, read it as archipelago, two different things. Oh, no. Archipelago is a collection of small No, no. I know that now, but in my head... I, no, I understand. Archipelago. You weren't, you weren't making the connection between the visual written word and orally hearing, hearing yeah, it. Yeah, because I've never seen them together. Ah, well, now we're learning. Mm, knowledge. It's what the podcast is all about. Should I spell it out loud? No, I think people... Okay, they can look it up. Oh, you can't. Don't read my notes. I cannot see your notes. <laughs> Everything more than two inches in front of my face right now is blurry. All I right. promise you. I'm sorry. Well, that's good, because then you couldn't Cold have read the next medicine. clue. 
I made of like glance at your screen. All I can see is that it's like part black, part yellow. Alrighty. That's all I've got. We gotta move on. Okay. Number four. Okay. Okay, you ready? Um, I said okay. So. Sorry. Just double checking. <laughs> all right. Ray Wallace is a man who mm-hmm. faked Bigfoot footprints in Humboldt County, California in 1958. This was the first recording of the term Bigfoot being used in association with like giant footprints in the ground that belonged to a big hairy man. Um, but he, uh, he faked them. That was a lot of details, so I just feel like it was true. You're correct. Okay. Please tell me more. Yeah, this story was just crazy. I read it to Aaron. Was, the way that you, like, the, the, what is it called? You have a certain, like, tempo oh, to your Oh, my voice. intonation. Yeah, it was, it was like, no, no, Aaron is so infatuated by this <laughs> that there's no way this is fake. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the way that you read it, the, the emphasis that you put on certain words, where it was like, she's trying to make me not believe her. I believe you. That's, that's <laughs> for sure true. All right, because this story is crazy. I just wanted a reason to tell people about I this. I can't wait to hear about it. All right, I'm just going to read this. Um, I should say, everyone, as a note, um, generally most of this information in the way that I was able to present it, I got from Wikipedia or History.com. Um, donate, donate, donate. Checking the other references. Yes, if you have not or have not thought about this before, donate a dollar to Wikipedia. It helps us all. It's good for everyone. It's good for society. Wikipedia is important. Erin told me today that all the knowledge she's ever gotten is from Wikipedia, and then she <laughs> backtracked immediately. <laughs> but you can check your sources at the bottom of a Wikipedia article. Right, no, Wikipedia is not as bad as they made it sound when we were in middle school. If you didn't know this, everyone, if you're reading a paper and you go, or if you're writing a paper, and you go to Wikipedia to just get a general sense of the topic you're going to be looking up, just to have a general idea of where you're going and what's important. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the Wikipedia article, you're going to see those hyperlinked lists at the bottom. Those are to real, credible, scholarly sources that the person used to write the Wikipedia article, and you can cite those in your paper once you read them. You really? just like lectured our computer screen. I'm spitting your so, finger out. It's so important. Like it's so you valuable. waggled your finger at our computer screen because <laughs> people need to know how to get to good they scholarly sources. Ah, uh, all right. I'm sorry. Everyone. <laughs> Maybe someday, not today. <laughs> sorry, everyone. I was wagging my finger. <laughs> she was like aggressively leaning forward. All right. All right. All right. Sorry, I just had to call you out again. It's fine. Okay. Ready for, each this, other. ready for this story? Okay. In 1958, a man named Jerry Crew, a logging company bulldozer operator in Humboldt County, California, discovered a set of large human-like footprints sunk deep within the mud in the Six Rivers National Forest. He told his co-workers, many who have claimed, many claim to have seen similar tracks on previous job sites, as well as telling of odd incidents such as an oil drum weighing 450 pounds having been moved without explanation. The logging company men soon began utilizing the term Bigfoot to describe the culprit. Mm-hmm. Crew, the gentleman who discovered the footprints, initially believed someone was playing a prank. Mm-hmm. Um, but he observed more of these footprints and contacted a local reporter named Andrew Genzoli. Um, and Genzoli interviewed the workers and wrote articles about the footprints. And he, essentially, put into print the term Bigfoot the term Bigfoot for the first time, um, which is pretty cool, I think. I think that's super cool. Um, and totally he, radical, dude. Yeah, he like connected it with the idea of this large, hairy, wild man and the idea of calling him Bigfoot. I should say, this isn't the first time this figure shows up. Sasquatch shows up previous to this. Um, there are records of uh, indigenous people having stories of a large, hairy man in the woods that goes by many names before this. This is just particular to the term May I interrupt you for a moment? I'm sorry, I'm going on too long. No, you're not going on too long. You're not. Please don't look at me like okay. that. I love how long you're going on. You're going on the perfect amount. I wanted to make a joke. Oh. That is this big hairy man, your husband. And <laughs> <laughs> has he been around for hundreds of years? And you immediately thought I was going to scold you. I did. No, uh, honestly, I would, I would, if Aaron came to me and he was like, Aaron, 
I have something to tell you. I'm Bigfoot. I'm Bigfoot. I'm also, it's like being a vampire. I've been around for hundreds of years. You I've would, been this I would not be surprised. History. I'd be like, yes, of course. We also need to clarify that, like, Aaron Hodge, her husband, Aaron's husband, Aaron, looks at technology like it's brand new every day. He still uses a flip phone. He uses T9 texting. He, smartphones are too much for him. We can't do group messages with him in them. I can't, well, I can't can, FaceTime that man. He can be in a group text. He doesn't like it, though. He group texts group text with his brothers. So he's grown to like it. He's with certain better. people. You have to, like, ask him ahead of time. He, you we shouldn't just, like, flippantly add him to group text. That... He, it's, but that's, like, one of those things that, like, if you don't have a phone that's set up for group texting, like, that's problematic for you. I think every phone now is, but that's, like, new in the last couple of years. Yeah. He is, he acts like he came from the early 1900s. Yes, yes. So he if does, he can't which is part like, of the attraction. I'm a vampire or a werewolf or a Bigfoot, we would not be surprised. No, trust me, when I read my romantic vampire novels and I look at Aaron and I'm like, are you sure you're not going to, like, tell me secretly? Well, every time that you said big hairy man in this summary, I was like, Aaron Hodge, Aaron Hodge. <laughs> This is all fine with me. This all adds to my romantic <laughs> image of my husband, I think. I also, just so our, our friends across the phones, across the mic now, yeah. I call them by their first and last name because as we discussed in the last episode, you're both named Aaron and there's like a very slight, in, in, in what, is, what did you say earlier? Phonetic difference? Yeah, there's, what was the word you used earlier though when you were like oh. enunciating certain parts of the word? So it's Aaron uh-huh. and Aaron. Aaron. And so unless you're, like, inclined to hear those things or to try and make a difference, which it's a lot of people It's the Rin and the Ron is different. Yeah. A lot of people don't try, though. They say your name's the same. Yes. I like to think that I try, but I'm still very bad at it. Um, so I just use first and last names, which is why I keep calling him Aaron Hodge, because that's his whole name. And you're married now, and you have the same name now. However, I'm going to continue to refer to you by your maiden name until you die. I mean... That's fine. I know that it's... And that's a decision that I've made, and we're all living with it. I like ha- I like having it, you know? It's, yeah. it's my identity. I have multiple identities. All okay, right. Anyway, sorry for that rant. Whew. He is Bigfoot. Continue. Back to the story. Right, so Genzoli prints this article. The New York Times, Los Angeles Times call him up. They're like, wow, this is crazy. They publish it all around. America learns about Bigfoot in California. Um... And the, there's a cast made of the footprints. It's saved. Um, the original man who saw them is and in the newspaper. In 2002. Oh, this was like recent-ish. Yeah. In 2002. Well, in 2002, we were like seven or eight, but still. We it, were alive. It's so that re- feels recent to me. It's a recent history. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what was his name again? Roy? Ray Wallace, who had just passed away. His descendants, his family came forward and said it was a lie. You know, our father, our grandfather made those footprints. He carved them out of wood like he made them and would go and make these fake footprints at night for his coworkers to find in the morning. Because he liked a funny joke? He thought he it was would, like, haha, knee slapper? He thought it would be a funny joke, and then it became this whole big it became, thing. It was a prank that made national news? So he didn't want to tell anybody. So he just lived with this and kept making footprints or gave up and told everyone that Bigfoot disappeared? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if he persisted. Roy? Roy? Ray? Ray. Ray Wallace. Ray. Buddy. I'm going to take out my Ouija board. We're going to have a chat. We... Well, his, his family came forward and told the truth. I, mean... I, I want to know why, though. I don't care about the truth. I care about, like, was this just a funny haha that went too far? Were you planning on it going this far and you liked the fame? Because the truth came out after he died. Did he swear everyone else to secrecy? Like, I think he did. I'm sure. What's the deal here? He must have sworn everyone else to secrecy while he was alive. I want this to have been like, have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> Nine-Nine. I actually have not seen it, but I've heard all only good things. It reminds me of something that like Jake Peralta would have done and then like sworn everyone to secrecy because it went too far. Yes. Because he would have been trying to prank like his wife or his partner and it just took off farther than he ever thought it could. And he went, you can't tell everyone, anyone that I ever did this. And he finally died. And his, like, great-grandchildren were like, he lived way too long. This went on too long. <laughs> Everybody, not true. 
Yeah, that's... That's how I feel about the Bigfoot thing. I also think that your husband's a Bigfoot, but neither here nor there. <laughs> neither here nor there. In any case, I, I am very curious about the personal story of these family members who were like, we have like, to... Like, why didn't you say anything before he died? We have to tell people. Well... Was it intentionally supposed to become this big thing? I don't know. I have no idea. I have so many follow-up questions and he's dead. You you just... Well, maybe we'll do a follow-up on this. On What's the deal with Ray Wallace and his family? That'll have to be here next episode. We have to call them Find in. them, interview them. <laughs> you have two weeks to figure it out. <laughs> okay. Alright, what's your last fact? I'm so confused. So there's the last one and then there's the bonus. Oh, I forgot about the bonus. So number five. Okay. Ready. <laughs> Alright, you're... You were gonna ask if I was ready. No, no. I'm just like, you're not gonna like this, but it's so interesting. <laughs> oh, no. Alright, here's the statement. This is a statement, and then it's either true or false. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. The way we understand life is entirely subjective and is relative to the language that we speak and think in. And whatever language you speak and think in determines how you understand life and events as they happen to you is that like bouncing off of like certain languages have certain kind of like theories and folk tales and and um mythologies like people who live in ancient greece understood life a lot differently than people who live in modern day even greece because of the mythologies that they believed so in a more kind of extended way like you could make that argument this is a little more specific, and it's saying that the words that you use and, like, the connotations they have determine how you see life. Like, we- I would, I would, okay, before you continue, though, I would say that that's true regardless of the language that you live in. Because there's oh, yeah. some people who see words a certain way, like, d- depending on religions, depending on cultures, depending on ethnicities. Oh, so you're saying, like, I think everyone... that overall, the definitions of certain words can be different to different people. And so, yes, that's a 100% true, how you grew up and how you're raised. All right, maybe I should have phrased it this way. I, I still think your answer is going to be the same, but maybe if I had done this again, I would have said... If you were to learn a new language entirely, mm-hmm. like if you were to immerse yourself in a new language, you moved to a new country, that's all you spoke, and you started to dream and think in this language, it would cha- it would rewire your brain and your yeah. perception of life. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. True. That's true. Okay, true. good, good. I was going to be really mad if I was wrong about that No, one. You, you were, you were like, so, like, serious about it. I was like, yeah, I mean, yes, you're, you're right. Yeah. Well, also, I know how, like... Like, as we said in the last episode, I, I majored in kind of, like, child development and brain development That's before true. age of five, and so I know how brains work, and I know that, like, like, I also have seen it in my daily life, the way that I was raised versus how I'm raising my stepkids, and certain words mean certain things. It changes how you look at the world, like, one word. Not something as simple as, like, salt or pepper. No, no, of course. But, like, right. like, the word fuck or whatever can change how you look at the entire universe and how people talk to you. And it's crazy. I 100% believe that. Continue oh, with your I should have thought of. I should have thought of your, of course, you'd, you'd have... <laughs> I'm a psychology major. So, the theory has a specific name. It's called linguistic relativity. That makes sense. Um, the hypothesis of linguistic relativity, also known as uh, the Whorf hypothesis or the Sapir Whorf hypothesis, um, is a principle suggesting that the structure of a language affects its speaker's worldview or cognition. So, like how you learn, how you like receive new information, um, and thus people's perceptions are relative to their spoken language, as well as other things, obviously. But yeah. this is like it's one... not like the only uh, factor. Right. There's still the nature versus nurture versus... Right, right, right. But kind of, I think, the flip side... We gotta go there so eventually. Eventually. But the flip side of this is that if you, Hannah, with all of the experiences that you have and thoughts you have about the world thus far, if you just, like, move to, say... Spain. Spain, and learn Spanish, where only around people speaking Spanish, or even, mm-hmm. like, a certain dialect of Spanish, obviously. Spanish in Spain is different than, say, Spanish Ooh, in, in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah, yeah. Um, it would change... And there's change... also casual and formal and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would change how you perceived life. Like, 
it, yeah. it's hard to articulate. Well, I think I think another way to paint that picture, if I'm understanding you correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be like you and I could be raised the exact same way, but you could be raised speaking German and I could be raised speaking Italian. And, or or no. or uh, Ethiopian. Let's let's make something so much farther apart. I was gonna say that, but I don't. I think in Ethiopia, the language they speak has a certain name, and I don't know what it I is. I don't know what it is. I don't, like, don't want to be rude. Let's say like Afghanistan, and you're speaking Farsi. Okay, and and you're speaking German. Yeah. And we are raised with the exact same. Otherwise, like same amount of money, same kind of house, same kind of environment, same amount of love from our parents or lack thereof same amount of, like, aggression or, or lack thereof, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but our language is different, sure. We would see things. Because the way different. that different languages interpret different words, certain words hold a lot of weight But it's even concepts. And like, concepts, like yeah. Like, you name a concept is different. I just think it's so cool. So there used to be a group of philosophers who believed that it was, like, very deterministic, that, like, mm-hmm. is this unshakable thing. Um, and then people realized that the brain is more flexible than that. Um, so it's just relative, but it's used in philosophy, psychology, anthropology. Um, anyway, so if you're interested in this concept, go back to the movie thing. I highly recommend watching Arrival. It, oh, this is where that came in. Yeah, it's an alien movie, but it deals with what happens if you brought in a linguist to meet the aliens. Uh, oh, because than... I said, why do we assume that they speak English? Yeah. And you went, that will come up later. Right, they don't. Oh, okay. They don't. So one of the things you learn watching the movie is kind of how we would try and interact with another species when we have no basis for understanding each other. And it has to do with how we learn language, how symbols and movement are. It's really cool. It sounds like a boring way to, to address an alien movie, but it's amazing. Um, Doesn't sound boring at all. Well, to some people, maybe. You're right. I don't know. Anyway, if you're listening to this podcast... It's you not would, boring to you. <laughs> you would be into it. All right. All right. Can we get the bonus... Is the bonus, bonus fact I also get to pick true or false? Yeah. Okay. Um. Boop-a-doo. All right. Here it is. Bonus fact. The practice of making a New Year's resolution began 4,000 years ago in ancient Babylonia. True. Yes. Absolutely ah, true. Yes! Okay, I, I think I know why, but tell me why. The ancient Babylonians are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. They were also the first to hold recorded celebrations in honor of the New Year. For them, however, the New Year was in mid-March. Um, it was when you planted your crops. That was the beginning of the New Year. That would make sense. That makes more sense than, like, the middle of winter. We'll get into why that is, too. Um, so they had a massive 12-day religious festival known as Akitu, um, and they either reaffirmed their king or crowned a new king. And they, this is the fun part, they made promises to their gods specifically to pay their debts and return any objects they had borrowed in the previous year. Okay, um, you mean like stolen? They're going to give them back? Oh, well, I'm You're sure. Like, I've had this since last March, but it's yours now again, Aaron. Well, I'm sure you borrow things from your neighbors. You know, if you borrow, like, I need a... I'm going to take these leggings home. Need a hoe. I'm a hoe. <laughs> You're a hoe. I need a hoe. I'm a hoe. Can that's, I borrow that's the title? Can I borrow your hoe? Hoe. Anyway, return your hoes to where they belong in this year. <laughs> Need a hoe. I'm a hoe. So this is considered the um, where our idea of New Year's resolutions comes comes from. Um, but it, the practice continued because get this. This is kind of cool. I didn't okay, know this. Um, in ancient Rome, remember, Hi, this ties back to the first fact. We talked about antiquity. What, oh, look at you, full circling. Full circling, but defined antiquity. <laughs> it was, you know, the, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Rome, Julius Caesar is the one who messed around with the calendar and decided for everyone that January 1st was the beginning of the new year. That's because it was the month that was named for Janus, the two-faced god whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches. Um, um, okay, continue. January had special significance for the Romans, believing that Janus symbolically looked backwards and forwards into time. So he looked back on the previous year and then into the new year. Um, and so that was the god they celebrated. New Year's resolutions for 4,000 years. I like how they became a lot more vague. Yeah. 
I like the idea that everyone was like, ah, it's that time of year. Gotta gotta, re- gotta give my hose back. Gotta return all those things I borrowed. All them hose. Or else, or else. Pay all my debts for them hose and give the hose back. Pay your debts to your hose and return your hose. <laughs> this <That's>, new year. <laughs> that's how we're leaving you. <laughs> well, this is actually going to come out next Thursday, so right after the new year. Oh, good. Because the new year is Sunday? No, no. Isn't it Saturday? Tomorrow? Oh, yep. Today's the 30th. Tomorrow's the 31st. When we're recording this. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we'll still be close to the new year. I think you have, I think you've got like. I'm a big fan of make New Year's re- resolutions until the 31st. Like, if you can complete them, make them on the 30th. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Oh, I understand There's no saying. timeline. I see what you're saying. Like, like I could make my New Year's resolution for this year now. Complete Today. it before tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Like, don't set yourself up for failure. Don't be like, I'm going to lose weight at midnight on the 30th, <laughs> you know? But if if your new resolution is to, like, return that pen that you borrowed and then I'm with you and I give you back your pen. You did it. Completed. It ain't over till it's over, folks. It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what we've got this week. Yeah, I'm really proud See, of us. Like I, t- I promise, I would talk for a lot of it. This I time. honestly very proud of us. Um, my voice is fading. <laughs> Your voice is fading. It's perfect though. You lasted this whole time. I did, and then at the very we just stopped it. If you guys can't tell in our audio, because I had a coughing fit for a second, and then we came back in. I'll just play a little elevator music. I'll never know. <laughs> I'll never know. I was holding my finger up to Aaron and drive and like moving the mouse and hitting stop, and I was like, you, you can't talk anymore. I gotta cough right I was now. Like, She's very offended by what I was saying about the Roman holiday. <laughs> I just like coughed so hard that I cried. Um, but yeah, thank you again for joining us. This is so exciting. Two episodes. Two episodes. Our first one is out today. Our second one will be out next Thursday. We're going to try yeah. and get it all set up so it just like posts automatically. We have to figure that shit out. Yep. And hopefully next time we'll have more information about where you can follow us on social media. We're definitely on Spotify for now. Spotify. And... We're going to work to make an Instagram. We're going to work to make... Um, should we plug our social medias this time? Like our individual ones? Mine's private, though. Oh, mine's not. I can share mine. Share yours. Um, I'm that period palindrome just about on everything. I think on Twitter it might be a hyphen instead of a period. Um, but Instagram and TikTok are periods. Um, we don't have a Facebook page for the podcast yet. We're going to work on all the social media stuff. But yeah, and we'll we'll plug that as it comes in. But for now, you can just listen and enjoy. And you can't follow Erin anywhere because she's private. Um, this is like a metaphor for our yeah. lives. I uh, <laughs> I told my teenage stepson and his friends to stop trying to find me because I wasn't gonna make it private, and they found me, and I just blocked them all instead of making it private. <laughs> That's like, one way. That's one way. I was way like, to I do it. I want everyone else to find me, but not you guys. <laughs> We should probably go now. All right. Well, drink some water. Have a good new year. We Have wish a happy, you safe new year. We wish you all of life's um, fortunes in the next in the year of twenty twenty two in our Lord and Savior Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we love you, friends. Friends, not listeners, not subscribers, not just listeners, more than listeners. And um, we're out. We're out. Okay. Goodbye.